Welcome to the Small Business Surgeon Podcast, the show where we dissect the businesses of top producers, examine their growth strategies, and share with you the bare bones of their success. I am your host, Samuel Smith, and I'm glad you're here. Let's operate. Hey guys, what's up? Welcome to another episode of the Small Business Surgeon Podcast. Guys, today I'm joined by a very special friend of mine, a guy I met back in January in Florida at a podcast mastermind. He is the host of the Good Dudes Grow podcast, and more importantly, he is the founder of Promises Recovery Centers, a nonprofit that is focused on curing addiction using plant-based medicines. Please welcome to the show, Gary Roberts. Hey, everybody. Thank you for having me. Samuel, it's been, I think we've been trying to get on your show for a while now, <laughs> running into roadblocks, but I'm, I'm glad to be here, man. Yeah, dude, I, I know, man. It's uh, it's just a matter of getting that on that schedule and sticking to it. So, uh, man, you've got such a cool story. I don't even know where to jump in. I don't know whether to make fun of you for the amount of CrossFit that you do or uh, tell us tell us about your mission because um, today's version of the show is going to touch on marijuana quite heavily and CBD and the um, the the shit I forgot the word the taboo there you go the taboo that surrounds that stuff because Gary as a career as a firefighter and you know there's 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 some conflict there between firefighters and authority and uh, and CBD so Gary man I don't even know where to begin with you tell us your story and let's just get going man I, I have to be able to ask me that I, I don't even know how to begin I don't even know where to begin because <laughs> everything kind of just fell like I, I just fell into me just it just became a natural progression consistently what ended up happening is I started looking into I'm always investing in different stuff and I heard that cannabis was going to be a big thing to invest in so I looked about investing in the cannabis knew nothing about it didn't partake in it when I was young so I wasn't a big you know advocate I was in the old the old style living of like you know don't do drugs this is your brain on drugs this drugs is bad. are bad yeah drugs are bad dude you know, yeah you're going to freak out to you when you hear what comes on later on on the show, but you wouldn't. <laughs> so anyway, so I started investigating it and then I found out like, okay, so we're in Florida. We're going to do this whole cannabis thing. No, we're not going to do it because it's going to cost me a fortune and I can't do it. So, and then I fell into my holistic healer kind of person I go to for all my blood work and stuff like that. She goes, why don't you try CBD? I've never heard of CBD before. And I was looking for something to help, like you said, cross my recovery. Cause I was, I had an issue with an injury. I had Achilles tendonitis for a year. I went to every doctor. I went to every orthopedic. I went to every chiropractor. I went to foot specialist. And the only last resort was they were telling me I needed to have surgery on my foot where they would cut the fascia underneath my foot to try and release some tension. That sounds awful. Yeah. And that's how bad it was for a year. And imagine being a firefighter, 80 pounds of gear, walking on, on shards of glass is what it felt like. It was just excruciating. So I said, okay, let's look into this CBD thing or whatever they call it, you know? And I started investigating it. And by then, Florida still wasn't legal with it. So I had to order from California and it would come in little different little packages that nobody knew what it was because it was still illegal. I'll be honest, the stuff tasted like shit. I mean, literally. <laughs> so what? what is CBD as opposed to as opposed to weed? Because most of us, we, we see weed as something on the on the music videos and the rap guy is smoking it. And what part of CBD and weed go together? Because that's just confusing. Well, it's actually the same thing. That, and okay. that's the biggest thing where people get confused because they can have 
uh, the marijuana side, I'll say marijuana, mostly it's cannabis. Everybody wants to use the words cannabis now because they want to distinct itself from the taboo word marijuana. But it all, it's all a cannabis plant. Okay. It, it, CBD is basically a cannabinoid. That's what's in the plants, the cannabis plants themselves. That's what you have in your body. They found out that you have all these receptors in your body, CB1 and CB2 receptors, and they're called cannabinoids. And it's called the endocannabinoid system. It's a system that actually regulates your musculatory system, your circulatory system, your cervical system. So they found out that this system is already in your body. So basically you already have cannabis, cannabinoids in your body. And what ends up happening is you become deficient in that and that therefore the plants help you become better so it's like a supplement then it's pretty much like a supplement i don't like to use supplement because basically what ends up happening think of vitamin d mm -hmm. if you're deficient in vitamin d you're taking extra vitamin d yeah the difference between this is that the plant itself you're not taking any extra you're basically it's a key that starts your own body's cannabinoid system to repair itself so the product itself does not do anything. It, it's, you know, it's your body that's interacting with it naturally because it's already in your body. As where it's supplement, it's just, you're just trying to get extra of it. It's just blown my mind. I didn't know anything about that. That's why I brought you on the show because, you know, <laughs> well, a lot of entrepreneurs and probably a lot of the people listening to this do very, very quietly, minding their own business, smoke weed. And it's medical it's therapeutic, it's recreational, it can be all different things. But as this has come up in significance over the last few years, and as more and more states have started to legalize it for medical use, and then recreational use following, it's super interesting at just how naive and ignorant most of us, myself included, are at the medicinal properties of this. So what are some things that the the neuro was it neurocannabinoid system help me out here. the endocannabinoid system yeah that's just that whatever system he just said what are some things that that regulates within the body then what should we be looking at here so you have two receptors in your body they found out you have a called a cb1 receptor and a cb2 receptor mm -hmm. they interact with the cannabinoids from the plant now the cb1 receptors are more in the brain those are the ones that the thc effects so high thc products that's where you get the euphoria and you get the high feeling and you get the you know you get to do all that psychedelic stuff out there so mm -hmm. that's why if you smoke a high say thc or take a high thc product that's where you become more uh psychoactive it's beneficial because most of the injuries that you have from uh, nerves, let's say fibromyalgia, uh, nerve pain in your spine, cancer, leukemia, seizures, all that comes directly from those receptors. So that's wow. why THC has been found to benefit those on that receptor. Now, the CB2 receptors are throughout the rest of the body. There's some in the brain, but not as many, but it's throughout the whole body. In other words, your muscles, your skeletal system, your respiratory system, everything else. Mm -hmm. So think about this. When you grow up and you're born, you're basically born and your body's basically on a level seesaw. There's nothing wrong with you. You're healthy. Okay. As you get older, you become injured and you take a medication and then a seesaw tilts a little bit. Yeah. So get out of balance. Yeah. Yeah. So it puts your body out of balance. Mm -hmm. And then as you get older, your body gets a little more out of balance. You, know, you get some arthritis, you get older, you get, and as you get older, that body gets more and more out of balance. But for everybody, that out of balance feeling is normal. All right. Right. What their CB2 receptors will do will recalibrate that seesaw and make you at a homeostatic state, which means bring your body back to a level state to where it's running at 100%. So in other words, if you have inflammation, what it'll do, it'll actually 
activate the CB2 receptors to lower the inflammation, but also those two CB2 receptors are actually pain receptors. That's what you're feeling. So it'll affect the inflammation that's causing the pain and as well as lower the pain levels that you feel. No way. Yes. So Matt, so it could like legitimately do a lot to replace anti-inflammatories and pain medication. Correct. And that's where I fell into really, really, really big into researching it more because at that time I was looking for injuries, but at the same time, my daughter fell into a, an addiction to pain meds. Okay. And okay. I says, if this thing, and I'm telling you, the pain that I was feeling was like a, at a level of one to 10 was an eight on a daily basis, all day long in the morning, it was a 10 because you'd sleep and get up. When I took it, when I found my product that I created and it took it for the first time, within 20 minutes, that pain level went from an eight to three. Now, I have a massive pain threshold. So that drop was significant. And the more I took it, the more it didn't come back. I went out and jumped rope, went out, run, tried to actually destroy my Achilles even more to see if this was just like my wife said, because she looked at me and said, you know, you're an idiot because basically <laughs> you take everything under the sun. This is probably just a placebo effect. Right, and I'm, right. Okay. You're probably right. Let's go figure it out. And so I did that and it never came back and finally completely went away. And I says, okay, we're on to something. And when I started researching this, they started finding out that actually this is, could actually help with patients with opioid addiction. Hmm. And that's when I says, let's do this. Let's help my daughter get off opiate addiction. And we created a product. And unfortunately, before we could get that product to market safely and what we wanted, my daughter passed away from an uh, opiate overdose. Man. And that, that's just, is that what drove you then to work on the recovery centers? It was funny. It was two things. It was her vision because she would come out of recovery and say, mom, this is ridiculous. This is crazy. I'm going in. And please understand. She's not, she's not one of those typical. I know a lot of people see addicts as a bad person, as one of those people. And they see it on the movies and they play these bad roles. Every, every person who has addicted to pain medication or something else is a real person. Oh yeah. My yeah. daughter went into rehab herself. She says, I can't do this anymore. I need help. So but when she came out, they would give her more medication. They could give her like methadone, which is another opiate to counter an opiate. Or they'd give her um, Suboxone, which is another pain med or they would counter. So she'd be addicted to those and would never get off every, anything. And it was this vicious circle. She says something needs to change. And she came up with the idea. Why don't we come with a holistic facility where we don't use these same pain meds? And so the whole thing was her idea. And before we could actually, we thought it would be beneficial to her to give her a, a drive to do something, to see a future for her instead of always going to pain meds. We couldn't get her off that fast enough. And she ended up passing away. So we're building Promises Recovery in her name, in her vision, exactly the way she wanted. Man, of course, that's, that's got to be the, all the fire you need to build that shit, dude. That's, that's a crazy story. Um, it really is. Um, so tell us about the journey of discovery and the amount of research that you've done into this stuff. Because uh, you have a podcast, don't you? The Good Dudes Grow podcast. And Correct. I know I know you've interviewed some uh, some serious medical professionals on there. Let's dig in to that a little bit, if you would. Yeah. So, like I said in the beginning, everything fell into place. That <laughs> fell into place because when I created my product for CBD. Again, like you said, being a firefighter, it's a taboo. You can't, you know, people are like, oh my God, you're taking CBD. Well, it's just, it's a taboo anywhere still. I mean, even in, <clears throat> even in Texas, 
where you know it's not legal but a blind eye is turned a lot you cannot openly say yes i indulge in this you know not in not in a professional field yeah we put that in my field to where exactly. your your yeah. salary is actually paid by public perception mm -hmm. so now you're like okay so i'm, I'm taking basically because Hemp CBD is basically cannabis. It's the same thing. The only reason why they, they, they termed it hemp is because the THC does not go over 0.3% THC. So okay. they just termed it hemp, but it's a cannabis plant. Mm -hmm. So my profession, I was scared to come out and say, hey, listen, I'm selling weed. <laughs> I'm afraid. Okay. What is this high school? Exactly. <laughs> All right. We got a firefighter job that's selling weed. Let's get him drug tested. Let's see if we can lose his job. So I was kind of scared, mm -hmm. but it worked for pain. And I had several firefighters that were hurting and it made me sleep like a baby. I'm telling you. And I'm like, you guys got to try this for pain. And I gave it to my first firefighter, the first firefighter I ever gave it to. And this is a story I tell all the time because it, it, it's what really drove me to have my podcast and go even further, like you said, into the depth of studying it. Is that after I gave it to him, three days later, he calls me up and goes, hey, dude, he goes, what the hell did you give me? I'm like, uh-oh. <laughs> you know, brand new to this, kind of scared. Not telling it wasn't one anybody. of them damn worms, was it? <laughs> one of them gummy <laughs> worms? Product. Like, I'm like, oh, what happened? I'm like, what happened? Did you get drug tested and popped? He's like, no. He goes, he goes you don't know this, but no, a lot of people don't know this. He goes, I'm getting a divorce. I, hated, I hate my wife. I hate my kids. My life sucks. And I'm hearing voices. And it goes three days on your product. Those voices slowly went away and got quieter. Now I'm happy. I'm enjoying time with my kids. And I went, oh my God, talk about a breakthrough. Cause you're talking about firefighters. We're the guys that run into buildings when things are on fire while everybody else is running out. We never go to anybody and ask for help. And this firefighter is basically just divulging that he basically had PTSD symptoms or psychotic symptoms or even thoughts of suicide to me willingly. And firefighters don't do that. And I went, what if this product can actually make firefighters do that and seek help? Because that's a big problem in the fire department. Well, I mean, it's a big problem in, in, in all of the world. The, um, you focus so much on the exterior persona that everybody sees and everybody judges you on that you, you fail to take care of that internal voice that's screaming at you saying, hey, I need to change this. I mean, it's not just firefighters. If we could all be honest with each other and say, hey, I need some help, I think you'd be surprised at the number of people that say, hey, I went through that too. Let me help you. I mean, that's a stigma that, that permeates society, man. Yeah, but firefighter, it's inbred, basically. Oh, it's yeah. Fireman, you're, police, you're talking, about, you're talking about old timers like you see yeah. somebody mm -hmm. dies, they say, listen, you know what, suck it up, buddy. You're going to do this for the next 20 years. Yep. And you guys, like the military, what? They might see it once or twice in their career. You guys see it once or twice a day. I mean, firefighters exactly. are a special breed, man. And, and that hit me. And that hit me because I had a firefighter. I had a, a veteran come to the fire station once to talk about PTSD and everything else. And he sat there and we all said, you know what? Everybody says to veterans, they go, thank you for your service. And he sat there and he looked at us and went, no. He goes, I thank you for your service. And we all sat there like bewildered, like, dude, what are you talking about? And he says, listen, he goes, in, an, in, in a military service, we sign up for four years. Mm -hmm. That's how we sign up for it. And then after that, we can decide we want to do two years, four years, and we can keep going if we want to. But it's a four-year cycle. Within that four-year, we may or may not see battle. We don't know. If there's nothing going on, right. we won't see it. So there's no chance of us seeing anything. You sign a 20 to 30 year career 
guaranteeing that you will consistently see something death and mayhem religiously nobody tells you about it mm-hmm. in the military service you see it on tv you know what's going on what do you see on tv with firefighters he's like oh yeah the heroes Look, it's fun. They, they run in the building they spray the hose everywhere they yeah, run out yeah. yeah save everybody a beautiful job but the reality is you know i've pulled people out of fires and the reality is it's not that beautiful because in that fire, it's 1400 degrees, 1200 mm-hmm. degrees. Yeah. What do you think is happening? The person's shirt's melting onto their skin. You're pulling them out. You don't, it's not like an easy thing. You're pulling them out and their skin's coming off as you're pulling them out. You smell the burning in your smell. It's tied to your clothes. It's stuck to your, your gloves. It's stuck to your everything. And then what do you do? You pack up and go to the next call. Yeah. It's not like you have time to adjust. It's you do that for 20 years every third day consistently. So, and then what ends up happening is you get the old time. So you're like, my God, I can't believe that just happened. They go, yeah, well suck it up, big boy. Yeah. You know, things happen. That's what you're going to do for the next 20 years. That's what you signed up for. That's your job. There's, there's no talking it through with anybody. No. So, and and the coolest thing, and I said this on another, on another podcast, and I put this on one of my posts is that in the fire service, when somebody dies in the line of service, they'll spend millions and millions of dollars studying why he died. And then what they do is they'll come out with the whole kind of like, uh, you know, the 9-11 report to come out with this whole report. And then they'll send it to all the fire departments across the nation on studying and how not to do it so nobody dies again. Mm-hmm. But yet all these firefighters, between 100 to 300 firefighters are committing suicide and nobody's studying why or, or how to fix it or, or who to talk to. All they'll do is put a poster on the wall that says, hey, listen, talk to somebody or call this number. There's yeah. no firefighter just going to dial a number. Sorry, mm-hmm. it's not going to happen. No, I mean they're, they're too proud. They don't want to reach out. They they don't want to appear weak. They they've got a, a status to uphold. They've got a exactly. uh, they've got an image to maintain. Exactly. And so when I found the product itself, alleviate that and drop walls and see that happen, I went, oh my god! Not only can this product save people who are on uh, an opiates with pain medication, but maybe this could be a product that could relieve firefighters from PTSD, depression, anxiety, and stuff like that that causing them to have suicide or at least lower those barriers to where they feel comfortable to reach out and talk to somebody. And I went, so I dove into all of this and I went, this is it. So we're going to build our facility basically around treating addiction, basically helping opiate addiction and helping firefighters overcome PTSD, anxiety, sleep issues, and depressions through plant-based medicine. There's no need. We need chemical to treat chemical. Why is it, man? I mean, that's such a fucking cool mission, Gary. Why is it, do you think, that it's socially acceptable to kick back in a recliner after a day of fighting fires and have two or three or or five beers, and yet it's not acceptable to pop a couple of CBD gummies and relax? What's the difference Uh, there, man? There there really is no difference. To be honest, the the biggest difference is that the CBD gummies and and the blunt that you're smoking is actually healthier for you. I've <laughs> shown it. There's I believe no it. Liver, there's no cirrhosis. There's no liver. Even the smoking, they've, they've seen that smoking cannabis smokers who smoke as much cannabis as they do, the same as, as cigarette smokers, it doesn't affect their lungs as much. They're actually looking at cannabis to help actually asthma patients because asthma is basically inflammation of the lungs. So, okay. so, so it's a healthier alternative. That's why you see a lot of brewery companies coming out with THC beers now because they're coming out with the same thing because it's a healthy alternative. You can drink as many THC beers and get a little buzz, but you won't have to worry about getting cirrhosis of the liver. <laughs> I, I, Why not? I've never heard of THC beer, dude. That's crazy. 
The, yeah, a bunch of them are coming out. They're coming out soon. I know Las Vegas has them, but a lot of people there's there's a lot of big companies deciding to do it. Oh, I I completely agree that this is going to be the next green gold rush, man. I mean, you know, as as licensing states, um, the the barriers start to come down. There's going to be a lot, a lot, a lot of money to be made in the cannabis industry. Um, I know there's guys in Oklahoma pulling it in hand over fist now. The medical's done, and they're expecting that recreational to pass at some point, but. Um, Man, what is, do you think, I know we've got all these taboos and stuff. What do you think the biggest myth about cannabis is? That it makes you stupid. <laughs> Man, that is, that is perpetuated, isn't it? It's that like is... you smoke, guys who smoke are just dumb, lazy, stupid people. Listen, some of the smartest people smoke. Mm -hmm. Elon Musk smokes, you know, um, uh, what's his name that just flew to the moon, that Virgin Atlantic, Bronson smokes. Richard Branson? Branson smokes a lot of top CEOs smokes. And that's where the whole, my whole podcast came in. I wanted to show that not only did athletes take it for, for to remove the cell from opiates, but I wanted to show that business people took it and they were still able to be creative. They were still able to run businesses, multi-million dollar businesses. And, and it's not like it made them stupid. And what really blew my mind is my, I think it's my first Fourth or third interview when I interviewed Tommy Chong from Cheech and Chong. Mm -hmm. Listen, for all of us who are old, we all know Cheech and Chong. They're just like mm -hmm. potheads, yo, dude, and just smoking with the car. <laughs> they personified completely being stone fried to the mind, complete idiots. I'm, I'm gonna need like 16 cheeseburgers. And, yeah, exactly. Uh -huh. Yeah. <laughs> Let's see what happens when we give it to the dog or the reptile. <laughs> you know what I mean? 100%. The man is very intelligent to this day, well-spoken and knows what he's talking about. Mm -hmm. it, it did not seem at all that after years and years of years of pot smoking ruined his intelligence. He ran businesses, he played music, he was creative, all this still while smoking pot. And again, he did say he doesn't partake as he does in the movies. That was just somebody who he played. He was a character, yeah. Yeah, yeah. He, he, he maybe does one or two a day, but that's his persona. That is his character. That's how he sells his stuff. That's who he is, you know. But he goes, yeah, he goes, he goes, I, when he did, told me the story that Arnold Schwarzenegger and all the bodybuilders outsmoked him one day, that was just blew my mind. So, oh, yeah, well, that um, they were pretty open about it in Pumping Iron. Was that late 70s, early 80s, that uh, yeah. Schwarzenegger documentary? They were, they were pretty open about that he used it for pain relief. Yeah. yeah for pain so. relief and re recovery after hard workouts. Yeah. Yeah. I wouldn't know about those. I, <laughs> <laughs> I, I, need, I need to step up. For those who don't know, Gary, how many, how many CrossFit awards have you won, man? Uh, I've, I've been competing in CrossFit over 10 years, but I think the, I've stopped for two years. But I was... For three years in a row, I was I ended up being one of the, the top hundred fittest firefighters or in the world. This dude is just insane. So. Um, that's absolutely insane. And I I do watch your Instagram channel. I see all those challenges you lay down for us, and uh, I just shy away from that. You know, I I uh, actually filled out the application for a CrossFit gym last week, and I just I haven't haven't quite made it over there. <laughs> <laughs> hey, it's got, it's got it'll change your life, man. Trust me. It's got to happen sooner or later, man. It's got to happen sooner or later um so moving back to uh moving back to cannabis for a minute what would you say the biggest challenge that you're facing right now in your role is with the uh the cannabis business and with the recovery center 
Uh, right. It's still basic acceptance. Uh, like you said, there's still the taboo stigma out there. What most people don't know, those of us who actually see it as a medicinal aspect or actually see it as something to help people, we're not in it to sell to get you high. So mm -hmm. a lot of the top, top cannabis companies don't sell products to get you high. They sell products to actually help other people. They're all about, hey, come regulate us. We want to be legit. We want to be 100%. We just want to make to create the best product to get the best benefit for those who need it. Mm -hmm. Not be like the corner guy on the street that wants to sell you bags. So you can go get freaking completely toasted on the weekend. That's not how they built their business. That's how they're thinking. But that's still how the rest of the society is thinking. So my biggest thing right now is trying to get into the, to allow firefighters in the fire department have access to it because we're still drug tested. So, so THC is, is not a, a, ben, a big, is a big, definitely a big no-no to us. Do they show different results in a drug test then? Does THC have one marker and does CBD have another or are they, are they the CBD same? CBD has zero markers. THC has one. That's the thing. They test for THC metabolites. at a, mm -hmm. uh, Some tests for anything. Some tests at certain levels. So if you take a, a, a good CBD product that has a full, full, uh, full spectrum product that has only 0.3% in it, you're going to pop a drug test and then you might lose your job, lose your pension or lose your career, which, which is completely unacceptable. But you could, show up, you could show up to work hung over after 12 shots and yep. three beers and nothing would happen. Nothing would happen. You could have a prescription for Adderall. Nothing would happen. You could have a prescription for Viking in because you have back pain. Nothing would happen. But if you took a, a legal substance, low THC product that helps you sleep and helps you manage pain, you would lose your job and your career and your pension. That's just... I mean, what kind of steps can you take to bring awareness to that and to, to start working around it? Well, my biggest thing was in the podcast health was basically group a bunch of professionals together, find the find doctors and people who actually work in the business, find attorneys, find legislators, find people who are in the industry to actually educate people. Then once I had those behind me, I basically came out of the behind the curtains and told my fire department, hey, Here's what I do. Here's what I sell. Uh, I think we need to have a conversation about uh, medical cannabis or CBD because it's going to happen to where it may be recreational or some people will be wanting to use it in the department. Mm -hmm. And before anybody loses their job, let's discuss what's going on, what can be done and how we can fix the situation. Intelligent discourse. Imagine that. So what was the what was the results of the initial conversations? Were they accepting or were they were they quite standoffish? They said, don't bother us. Oof basically they said no. it's like so i went i went i went to health and safety route first because it's it's health and safety i can actually listen i could lower your health care and lower your people getting injured on the job because they're not they're going to get better sleep and feel better by, by a nice plant product mm -hmm. but you don't want to so i went that route and they said they went as soon as i got the human resources they went nope not a chance so then i went the other route <laughs> tried to go up my chain of command and as soon as i went up to that route they went nope not a chance then I went to the union route and I tried to say about the union, like, hey, listen, uh, the body's interested. Body wants to know about it. Uh, I have a lot of people, doctors. It's not coming from me. I can bring everybody to the table and you can ask them all the questions you want. Mm -hmm. Legal, medical, whatever you want. It's not me. I'm not selling my products. It has nothing to do with me, but I'll be the li liaison for you people. Let's have the conversation. And the union says, no, we're not ready to have that conversation right now. And I went, so... Every day I just kept plugging. And so what I kept doing is on my podcast, kept having doctors or, or, or athletes or something. And they kept tagging the people that were in charge. Hey, listen to this, listen to this, 
listen to this. And you got one person on board, and got another person on board, and slowly, it's slowly starting to change to where actually the good news is I received a text message this morning from a union vice president saying, we're making headway. Do you have any protocols from other departments? Which means the conversation has started. That's excellent, man. I mean, it took a long time. Yes. But uh, a little focus and a little consistency, man. You've, you've, you've done some... Uh, you done some really, really great work, man. I'm very proud of you. I'm very pleased for you on that too. Thanks. So that's 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 one of the biggest things. The other biggest, <laughs> and this is what I said is going to blow your mind a little bit. Yeah, we were talking about drugs and stuff like that. Is that we're actually partnering up probably next week with a large uh, corporation from Canada that deals in psychedelics, from ecstasy to LSD to mushrooms. Let's get onto that. I didn't know you were into that because I've read some some serious articles, uh, more more on the ayahuasca and the mushroom kind of side of things, as to way they rewire the neural pathways in the brain. So it that's, is that's super interesting to me. So please go deep, man. It completely blew my mind. All right. So I saw, and this was all PTSD, firefighter stuff. And, I, and the more right. doctors I found, the more people they introduced me. And I was introduced to all these people, and they said they wanted to help me build my facility. And they wanted now to actually not only help build my facility, but they want to stick an FDA research facility attached to it. Oh, that's awesome. So we're building not only a treatment facility, but we're also building a research facility where we can research new plant-based medications, new types of medications like uh, psilocybin, magic mushrooms, MDMA, which is ecstasy and everything like that to actually treat PTSD, opiates and everything else. And what ends up happening is that in your brain, you have neuro, your neurometers talk, like okay. parts of your brain talk to each other, mm -hmm. blah, 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 blah. They talk <laughs> and parts of your brain don't say a damn thing. <laughs> no, she's going blah 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 I could, that's that's kind of how my brain sounds half the time just but what ends up happening is all those all those bad thoughts are the people who aren't talking mm -hmm. but they're there yeah so what is it happening when you do when you do what they call as a, a psychedelic session or a magic mushroom session what they end up doing is they end up giving you a certain for a certain uh, protocol and you're always there with with somebody you're there with somebody to facilitate you're there with a psychiatrist you're there with a facilitator they make you as comfortable as possible it's not like you go home and just chow down on a bunch of magic mushrooms and shit happens they're actually made there for a reason all right okay. What they want to do is they want to open up what talks. And what they found out is somebody at the uh, John Hopkins uh, Research Center, because they're researching psychedelics, they showed mm -hmm. two brains. One of people just going blah, 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 blah. And the other one is on, on psilocybin. And they found out that the one on the other side is no longer going blah, blah, blah. It's like a concert. Everybody's talking. Ah, all these people are talking. All this shit's <laughs> going on in your brain. All this stuff's happening and all this stuff's going crazy in your brain. And what ends up happening is that you're having this conversation with parts of your brain you've never had before. Now, the key that everybody has to understand about that is that it's creating new events. Now, those new events might actually, you might run into a, the part of the, your life that created the PTSD or the depression or, the, or, or that's caused the addiction. Mm -hmm. That's what they call like kind of like running into your own monster. And they tell you not to run away from it, but to actually face it. And you start learning from that event of, what goes on and how you can fix it and how, what happened and why it happened. And you have this kind of like inner conversation with yourself. And then you come out of this session with a whole new view of why you're addicted to cigarettes, why you're addicted to alcohol, why you take pain meds, why you, you, you don't feel this way. In those sessions, you have more sessions with the psychologist, they go over it. And next thing you know, you don't have 
those issues again. And here's the kicker. They did a study with MDMA ecstasy on PTSD. Mm-hmm. And this is where, where I'm trying to really understand that how we're, we're, we're fixing our facility. Most psychiatrists are stuck right now because the only thing they can have is they can treat your body with a chemical. What I mean by that is that chances are you have a serotonin level, you're depressed, your serotonin level is low. So they'll give you another chemical to raise that serotonin level. So they're treating a chemical to raise a chemical. Mm-hmm. So they're only treating the, the, not the issue. They're only treating the issue that you're having. They're not treating the underlying issue that's causing it. So basically they're treating it. And 33% of people who went through treatment for PTSD were, were getting treated. They, they actually can, can actually, what ends up happening is that if you go through an MDMA and ecstasy session, they're finding right now that 75, 70 to 75% people are being cured. Mm-hmm. You're no longer treating because treating means it'll last continuously. So you're continuously treating, treating, treating. You're yeah, never- once, once treating stops, the problem recurs, correct? Exactly. Well, what they're finding out with psychedelics that they're curing the issues because they're no longer treating the chemical, they're treating the event. And when you can treat the event that's causing the reason why you're having that, that addiction, you become cured. So 75% of people are being cured through psychedelics instead of just being treated through constant chemicals. That's, that's a insane. difference. That's insane, and, man. And the coolest thing is that all these psychedelics are all FDA approved and being fast-tracked for the F, through the FDA to actually be used in treatment centers. That is really good news. And I'm assuming the majority of them are all coming from plants. Correct. You have to forgive me. I don't know where MDMA or LSD actually come from. <laughs> they, come, they come from some of them. They come from plants, and they actually be, they can actually be synthesized. And this is why this is why cannabis is going to have a real, real, real tough time of being FDA approved. So, the MDMA, LSD, and so that can be synthesized to a one molecule. We call it a one molecule thing, which mm-hmm. they can replicate consistently. So, if you can replicate something consistently and keep testing it, the FDA can prove something's working. Because it's a consistent same product. Plant-based, which is uh, the uh, cannabis plant, has 120 different products inside of it, cannabinoids inside of it. They change with where they're grown, temperature, nutrients. So that's so asinine, man. So there's so much they can't just say, okay, we'll take this piece because tomorrow that piece will change. Well, now the test is no good because it's not a replicated piece. You can eat tomatoes and that grows in a greenhouse. You can eat bananas. You never see two bananas the same. I don't understand. Like it's a plant. The ingredients are sunshine and water and patience. I agree one hundred percent. That's why for people who are thinking it's going to be FDA approved, I don't think it's going to happen. Does it have as med- medical benefits? One hundred percent. There are thousands and thousands and thousands of, of of research papers studied on it. For those who say, "Oh, there's nothing studied on it," Israel's been studying this forever. They're the ones that created. They, they found out the whole endocannabinoid system. There are papers out there to prove that it does have a medicinal effect. But if you're waiting for an FDA approval on it, chances are, due to the fact that the plant grows in so many different ways. It probably won't happen. I mean, but to legalize a plant and to grow it and distribute it doesn't require FDA approval, correct? It's, it's the prescription side of it that would require that. Correct. It, it's, the part, it's the part for saying that the cannabis plant can help with, cannabis can cures arthritis pain. You can't say it cures arthritis pain because it'd have to go through FDA approval. Uh, can it help with pain? 
Yes. Can, it may or may, it may alleviate, you know, the, the small words that you use <laughs> that just say, it just doesn't do this. Whereas MDMA can be said, it cures PTSD. Studies have shown that. I, yeah, I get that. I get that. So what do you think the, the cannabis landscape of America and moreover the world is going to start to look like in the next five or 10 years as this develops? I think they're going to start, they've already started. They're going to start doing stuff like rare cannabinoids. So like I said, there's about 120 cannabinoids in the plant. You're talking like CBG, CBN, THCV, and all these different cannabinoids. I think they're going to start individualizing those cannabinoids okay. and have a better ability to actually prove that those do something instead of actually a full oh, plant. So, so by, by uh, separating them out and segregating them, we, we'd be able to say cannabinoid A specifically to take to treat this, cannabinoid B to treat right. this and, and everything else. Correct. That, Correct. I think that's where the, the outlook's going to come. But again, like you said, it's a plant. Let the people use it. It's not like you're going to get messed up. It's like, you know. It's like a potato or a tomato, you know, it just grows in the ground. More people would actually drink a bunch of beers and drive a car than get stoned and think it's a good idea to drive a car. It's just fact. If you're high as a kite, you're going to go, I ain't driving. Like that. <laughs> but if you're drunk, you're like, oh, give me the keys. I'm going for a spin. <laughs> it's like, man, seriously. Yeah. You know, I'm on uh, I'm on hiatus right now from from smoking, um, but I have smoked in the past plenty. I'm I'm a huge advocate of it, and you know the one thing I've never done is is smoke and and, and drive. It just doesn't appeal to me. Um, you know, with alcohol, and of course the guys familiar with my podcast know I've been an alcoholic and had that background, and it was it was actually cannabis that helped me to quit and helped me to to, to stay on track and and fill a little hole help me to sleep at night and that kind of stuff. So I found it incredibly useful, but still taboo that I can't talk about it openly for risk of arrest if I've got it on me or risk of my career if a, if, if a client doesn't like it. But what you find is, as with any taboo subject, the more honest you are about it, the more people come forward and say, yeah, I had that problem and that helped for me too. And many, many, many high-level entrepreneurs that I know do partake from time to time. So, um, yeah, <laughs> I just yeah, it, it's it's crazy. It's just, uh, you know, and that's where again we'll go back to the podcast. That's where I, I created a podcast for an educational piece. The more educated you are on exactly the product itself, who uses it, why they use it, where they came from, what got, what it got them out. Like it says, it got you out of alcoholism. Other people got out of opiates. Other people got out out of their the hood and built multi million dollar industries. You know, if you educate people more and more, it's an easier conversation than trying to say, yeah, I just. I just use it to get high. But if you understand what most mm -hmm. people really want to use it for, you'll realize that they actually want to use it because they don't want to longer want to take big pharma stuff. I think a lot of it as well has to do with personal accountability. And like any anything, if if I wake up and drink beer all day, I'm going to be useless. And the same, and the perception of, of people that smoke in media is that they wake up, they smoke, they go to work, they smoke, they drive their car, they smoke. I mean, look at Pineapple Express, look at the Cheech and Chong stuff, look at Harold and Kumar go to White Castle. All those famous movies show it to be um, more of a derogatory thing than a positive thing. But the majority of people that I know that smoke it, smoke it after work, late at night, once or twice a week, and have zero detrimental effects. Um, do you find the same thing? 
100%. I agree 100%. I have a bunch of people who actually entrepreneurs that I know that take it. And then when they have big meetings, they don't, you know, they can not take it. It's not like they, they need it all the time. Sometimes you just need a little something to relax. They had a very bad day to take it to relax or they take it to sleep, but it detrimentally, it never ruined them. Let's put it to you this way. There's multiple baseball players who can hit a hundred mile an hour fastball and smoke the night before. Mm -hmm. So tell me, explain to me how that it actually stops you. It stops you from being done and your reflexes are done. And a study was actually done uh, a couple of, I want to say a couple of months ago. I think it's on my Instagram. It showed that cannabis has zero motor function issues. Mm -hmm. Unlike, and the same thing with, they're finding out the same thing with the psychedelics. There's zero motor function issues, unlike alcohol, which... Take too much of it, you're completely useless and freaking next thing you know, you're face down in the dirt somewhere. And, and some prescriptions I've been given in the past have said, you know, do not operate heavy machinery, um, which, you know, I can't do anyway, but um, <laughs> <laughs> there's, there's, clearly, there's clearly a link, a clearly a link with that. So um, let's look to the future, Gary. What does, uh, <clears throat> what does the future for the recovery center look like? I know you've got the testing center involved, um, but what are your goals moving forward for helping people to recover? Uh, basically, just build this facility. I mean, I want to get this place up and running. They're saying that basically MDMA and they already have ketamine out right now they can use for 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 different things. I think MDMA is coming out in 2020. Oh, actually, hang on. Psilocybin, magic mushroom is coming out in 2022. MDMA is looking at 2023. I just basically want to create a facility, a holistic facility where people can go and you get treated mind, body, and soul. Listen, I'm going to let you know that being a fitness professional, you know, being a firefighter, if I didn't have a healthy body and a healthy mind, chances are just having one of them wouldn't work mm -hmm. because something's going to give. I was always yeah. taught yeah. that in your life, your body either give up or your mind will give up. But if you can, can have both mind, mind and body, then your whole soul is being treated. And that's the kind of facility we want to build. We want to build a facility around those values, the one that we want to treat your body, your mind, and you as a, in, uh, as a whole person. And that's why we're going through a whole plant-based thing and not looking to do a chemical thing. So we're going to build that. We're actually looking at building one in, in state of Florida with the research facility, which is actually going to be able to be removed. The treatment center is going to be able to be removed and put throughout the United States. Duplicate it, scale it. Yeah. Exactly. But the research, the research facility will always come up with the brand new, brand new uh, modalities and therapies that each one of those centers will actually work. Man. So that's the, that's the goal. I love this. I love this. I've got just a couple more questions for you. Um, for somebody that's wanting to go out and learn a little more about this, uh, myself included, and to maybe cure a little bit of ignorance on the subject, dude, you got any good books or resources or kind of documentaries you can share with us to to you know to where we could go and dig and and, and learn a little bit about what it is that you guys are doing? Uh, yeah, you can actually, there's a ton of documentaries and stuff like that. You can actually go, if you want to go to a good site, you can go to, I think it's the, uh, for psychedelics, so you can go to the psychedelic, the Canadian Psychedelic Association. And the reason why I send you to Canada, because Canada basically is on the forefront of all this. So if you want to learn about psychedelics, they'll actually do it. A large corporation doing a lot of studies is called MAPS, M-A-P. 
PS. I'm writing this down. I, 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 doing a lot of stuff with, with John Hopkins and finding out all the studies and all that. So, so they're going through a lot of stuff. So psychedelics, you can go through that. If you're looking for a lot of more stuff on the plant-based stuff, like cannabis and CBD, uh, I think it's CBD project, CBD.org. Mm-hmm. has a multiple sources and, and stuff to actually go through that you can read the benefits of CBD and stuff. And they're always coming out with stuff. So th- those are actually some good ones to actually go through as for books. Uh, forgot the name of it, but one good book. <laughs> for those of you can't see, he's, he's telling he's rummaging through his bookshelf right now. <laughs> this is one of the, this is one of the better books that I, I've actually, if you want to know Ooh. how MDMA or ecstasy works, a dose of hope, by Dr. Dan Engel. This is actually written in the first person. So basically it's a conversation he's having with his own doctor to actually, as he goes, to goes through his own ecstasy treatment himself. Oh, wow. So it's actually, it's not a novel. It's a, it's basically a first person book of him basically talking and you feel like you're the person asking all the questions. It's your first time seeing a psychologist, your first time seeing the doctor, first time going through it. And so it gives you basically a rundown of what you would be like to go through a whole MDMA therapy. Is, is that kind of therapy ava- widely available or is it still in like the, the beta testing mode? Right now, it's only available for end of life situations. Basically, okay. you need a special exemption to actually get it. So that's why we're hoping for us to actually have it when it comes out. That's why we want to build a research facility. I know there's an awesome, I'm actually going to send you a link and you can, if, I don't know when this is coming out. Yeah, but we'll, on, add it, we'll add it to the show notes, dude, for sure. On September 22nd. I'll make sure it's out before then. September 22nd, the, the Canadian Psychedelic Association is having a special, uh, special, special seminar with four first responders about PTSD and how psychedelics help them recover from PTSD. I think it costs like $16 a Canadian to actually view it. Mm-hmm. But I mean, you'll go through with the doctor. I'm actually having a doctor from the Canadian Psychedelic Association on my podcast next week to ask her and go through a bunch of stuff. But she's doing a whole series right in that thing with four first responders. So you'll see and hear from real participants in Canada what it was like through the uh, the whole thing. Dude, that's awesome. I mean, it, it sounds like something I would like to try. Um, I'm... I'm a little afraid of psychedelics, um, obviously, because, you you know, you hear the stories of the guys taking LSD and going and jumping off buildings, see if they can fly. Um, but, you know, I've always, always wanted to try the ayahuasca stuff and going and connecting with nature. And honestly, sitting on a couch with a therapist and taking prescribed dose of MDMA and talking about stuff, that sounds really, really interesting. Um, that sounds like something I'd like to pursue and just, you know, get deeper inside of my own mind and see who's in there because I know there's a couple of voices. There's confidence, there's paranoia for sure. And then there's the guy that's actually driving the thing too. So I know there's a few people in there hanging out. So it'd be really, really interesting to do. So here's hoping that they, uh, that they make it more readily available here soon. So that is, uh, that's September 22nd, right? September 22nd. I'll, I'll give you the link. Yeah, send us a link. We'll pop it in the show notes. I'll make sure this show, um, I'll actually bump you up a little bit in our queue because we're, we're actually about eight weeks out. We've got a lot of episodes recorded, but I want to get this out so people can uh, people can hear that. Um, we're about to wrap up, Gary. I want to tell you a huge thank you for coming on here, mate. But before I let you go, do me a favor and tell everybody listening where they can find you online and where they can follow your journey and uh, where they can help out if they want to. Definitely. You can follow my journey on Facebook and Instagram at Good Dudes Grow. 
That's my, my link for Facebook and Instagram. If you want to help out, I have a CBD company called Pure Body Zen. The, the website is pbzcbd.com. Oh, I love that. <laughs> pbzcbd.com. All right, and we'll get that in the notes too. Everything that we sell there, all the all the proceeds that go to building the facility. We're not in it to build a CBD company. We're in it to build a recovery company for PTSD and addiction. So that's now, what we sell the products. We have listeners all over the world now. Thank you, guys. I'm super proud of that, by the way. Um, can you ship all over the world, or is your product still illegal in certain places? Or I cannot ship all over the world. I can only ship to the United States. But if you're in another part of the world, I do have contacts at different parts of the world that I can actually get you different products if you actually need them and you're interested in actually going. Okay, wonderful. Out. Wonderful. All right, so pbzcbd.com, Good Dudes Grow podcast. Um, anywhere else I need to look for you? That is it right now. And also, actually, if you want to donate, we're also taking donate at the uh, our nonprofit, which is promisesrecoverycenters.com. You can go there and donate any any amount of money. You know, any, any little bit helps. But again, the best way to do it, buy some products, benefit of it. You get an excellent product. You get some benefit out of it. And you're helping something happen for first responders and people uh, addicted to opiates and stuff like that. I love it, my man. Gary Roberts is a man on a mission. There's a little bit of envy there for what he is building. I'm super proud of him. I'm proud to know you, Gary. Thank you so much for coming on the show. And uh, guys, please do me a favor. Go check out Gary's stuff and um, go into it with an open mind uh, like I have today. Go into it thinking that you might learn something and maybe that... uh, It shouldn't be quite as taboo as it is. All right, that's it from us. You'll be good. Stay safe. Have a great week. And uh, if you got anything at all out of the show, do me a favor. Give it a share. Give us a tag. Post out a review. And uh, you can follow us on Instagram and Facebook at Small Business Surgeon. And like I said, guys, you'll stay safe. Have a great week. And we'll catch you Friday. Thank you so much for listening. This has been the Small Business Surgeon Podcast. If you made it this far, you clearly liked it. So go on iTunes and leave us a five-star review. This helps people find the show and spread the good word. Share it with friends and follow us at Small Business Surgeon on Facebook and Instagram. Thanks for tuning in and we'll see you for your follow-up next week. The Small Business Surgeon was recorded at Texas Media Foundry in downtown Bryan, Texas. Check them out at txfoundry.com. Ooh, yeah.